Welcome to Clued Up with Maria B., the behind-the-scenes photography podcast. Clued Up is your insider's view to building successful magazine-style photo shoots. We talk design and concept, fashion and style, tech, social media, and of course, business, plus so much more, including how to avoid common photography pitfalls. You'll also meet some special guests who work behind the camera and in front of the lens. Whether you're an aspiring photographer, a portrait photographer thinking about starting your own business, or you just have an interest in what it takes to plan and execute professional shoots, you've come to the right place. I'm your host, Maria B. Now let's get you clued up. Hi, everybody. It's Maria B. dropping today's episode of Clued Up, the behind the scenes photography podcast. Today's episode is entitled How to Collaborate with Your Fellow Creatives Lessons from My Experience. So, let me just start by telling you about an event that happened earlier this year. In February, I was asked to be one of the photographers to photograph the painting and installation of a 9,000 square feet Black Lives Matters mural in East Orange, New Jersey. In fact, the mural is in the unused portion of the parking lot behind the building that houses my studio. Just for a little detail, uh, 16 local, well-recognized artists were selected to each paint a mural within each letter of the Black Lives Matter statement. When I was asked, I was absolutely delighted. I was tickled pink. What an honor to be asked to be part of a team documenting a significant and historical event in the wake of the ongoing fight for social justice. As it often happens, something beautiful emerges from an incredible tragedy. In this case, the murder of George Floyd and the numerous men and women whose lives ended as the result of their blackness or being people of color. I'm not going to turn this into a political podcast episode. I'm speaking about this here today because often photographers are asked to collaborate on projects that are outside of their normal realm. It can be a daunting experience and it can also be overwhelming, but it really doesn't have to be that way. One of the benefits of understanding and knowing photography basics like exposure and composition is that once you know them, you can troubleshoot through almost any situation. In the case of this mural, there were several things for me to take into consideration in covering this week-long event. First, how to photograph this in such a way that it could convey the enormity of this project, of this event. Next, how to give a sense of intimacy because while the event was huge, it was obviously made up of individuals working closely together. How would I convey the extent of the work, the breadth and the depth of this mural? How was I to work with other photographers and the videographer so that our work complemented each other and so that we would avoid each taking the same types of photos or the same types of images. 
Along similar lines, how would we work in terms of shifts? Who would be there in the morning? Who would be there throughout the day and in the evening? Also for consideration, what needed to be photographed besides the obvious painting of the mural? I'm talking things like setting up each day, breaking down at the end of the day, people who came to support, not necessarily to be involved with the painting, but were assisting in some other way and certainly deserve to have their photos captured and recognized. And of course, photographing individuals who were integral to this event, such as the project managers, sponsors, city officials, etc. And even people in the neighborhood who came by to support in some cases, just to feed the artists and the volunteers working on the project. Also, how to photograph in a way that blends with other photographers but yet remains true to my style. This and any other collaborative project requires a lot of planning. Unfortunately, that really didn't happen with this project. Don't misunderstand me. I love doing this. I absolutely did. There was such a great sense of community and volunteerism and necessity for a civic function in a diverse community. Unfortunately though, from a collaborative perspective with regard to photography, it really did not take off the way I thought it would. Because the intention was that the photographs would be part of a documentary, I assumed, air quotes there, I assumed we would be under the leadership of the videographer. I, again, air quotes, expected that all the photographers would meet live or online and we would have discussions about covering this event. That never happened. And so over the course of the week it took to paint the mural, photographers came and went as they wanted. Some showing up late in the day and missing the daily unraveling of setting up equipment and supplies by the lead artist and one of the organizers. Can you imagine how great an early morning sunrise shot of them working would have been? Also, of course you had the photographers taking the same photos of the same artists or volunteers doing the same thing. I'm sure when all the photos were assembled, there were numerous similar shots taken with the same or similar compositions and at the same angles. There certainly wasn't much in terms of variety, at least not based on what I saw. In other words, I'm betting on a lack of variety and also numerous photos from the same time of day when it seemed as though all the photographers were there. I'm also pretty sure that just like there were few photos of the beginning of each day, there were also few photos from the end of each day. The late evening photos I've seen so far were taken by individuals with cell phones. Otherwise, I don't believe there would have been any late evening photos showing the wrap up at the end of each day. I'm hoping I'm wrong as the final documentary has yet to be viewed. Collaboration is no joke. 
If you've listened to past episodes of this podcast, you've heard me talk about what goes on when I work with a team, a makeup artist and or a hairstylist, a model or a client. You've heard me talk about putting together a mood board and sharing it with the team so that we're all on the same page. And you've heard me talk about welcoming their thoughts and ideas because of their expertise. I don't understand why collaboration on a project like this should be any different. Planning here is equally, if not more important due to the number of people who will be working together. We certainly didn't need a mood board, but perhaps a storyboard with a plan for coverage based on photographer's availability would have been extremely helpful. There should have been a plan for coverage end to end to avoid same or similar photos. Perhaps designating a photographer or photographers to cover a particular letter that's being painted and to follow the individuals, volunteers, and artists working on that letter throughout the day. I'm sharing this with you because there's power in connectivity and in working with fellow artists, whether they're photographers or painters or videographers or sculptors, etc., But like photography, collaboration always requires one, communication, two, organization, and three, planning. Neither one of those occurred with this project, at least not in respect to photography. I believe a more in-depth and journalistic photographic documentary could have emerged with much better planning communication and organization between all of the photographers and the videographer. Here are some lessons to learn from this experience so that you can avoid these mistakes and missteps during a collaborative effort. When you're asked to collaborate, before saying yes, ask a lot of questions. Get specific information about your role as a photographer in this project. If you're involved with a large project like this, learn to take photos from a vantage point that shows the breadth of the project, such as from a rooftop or a window, or take overhead photos with a drone. But always remember that taking photos from these vantage points tend to make the people involved look very small. This is my favorite way of conveying the enormity of an event. And that is to take photos of a single subject or at most two people speaking, but have a blurred background that shows the crowd or the other people involved behind them. Think about an award show, right? You have a celebrity on the red carpet. You see one person in focus or one person being interviewed, but you know the event is big because there's this huge crowd of indistinguishable faces behind the celebrity. The same thing works for photography. The second point, how do you give a sense of intimacy in the wake of such a large event? For this, you've got to go where the action is. And that's to say, in this case, I photograph artists painting on their knees or sitting on the ground and painting. 
The number one mistake is to take all of your photographs looking down on the artist and volunteers. You've got to get down on your knees or sit on the floor to give the viewer the sense of being right there with the artist or the volunteer. It's sort of the same as taking a portrait. You have someone sitting in a chair. Well, you should be sitting in a chair as well. Those times when you are shooting, looking down on the artist, you should be over the artist's shoulder and taking shots to get photos of the artist's hands at work. Now, all of this is going to make your body hurt the next morning, but it'll be worth it. And it'll be worth it because most photographers don't do this. They stand back and take the shot. Lanny and Erica Mann, that's M-A-N-N, of Two Man University, two of my favorite photographers, will tell you, you've got to get up in that S-H-T. And they're right. Side note, I photograph events where I've stood on the outside of the dance floor. And I photograph events when I've been on the dance floor. Guess which photos have the most impact. Now to further convey a sense of intimacy between people working on the project, photograph pairs and actions and freeze the motion. If you're not familiar with how to do that, an episode is coming that will talk about this. One thing I did during this event was to try to capture pairs working together in both the foreground and the background of a photograph. So this gave an overall sense that it wasn't just these two people working together, but there were people paired off working closely together around the entire project. This gave a sense of togetherness between individuals in more than one group. Next, to convey a sense of breadth and depth of a project, it's a good idea to take a multidimensional approach. I made sure to photograph things that conveyed volume, like the volume of paint and spray cans on site, the hundreds of brushes used, dozens of rollers, the lineup of paint pans. I photograph anything that conveyed how large this project was. I also took photos from windows for an overall view of how many people were at work on the project and the number of people it took to work on and complete the project. I took similar photos each day to document the progress of the project. Next, how to photograph in a way that blends with the other photographers while holding true to your photographic style? That's a tricky question to answer. And I think another benefit to communication about the overall photographic style and composition for the project addresses that. All things being equal, I think someone in the leadership position should emphasize the types of shots needed to document the project in terms of focus and depth of field. Issues such as what is the aperture that will be used for most of the photos? Should the photographers use a shallow depth of field where only a small area of their photo is absolutely clear and the rest is blurred? 
or should most of the photos be taken at an aperture where definitely most of the photo is absolutely clear and gives great details to the viewer? Again, this is something that should be addressed so that there is cohesiveness when all of the photos are submitted from all of the different photographers. You don't want the collection of photos to give to give the distinction that photographer A used this style and you can tell it's photographer A's work and photographer X used this style where someone looking at the photos will say, oh, clearly another photographer took these photos. Having said that, what usually happens with a project is that a photographer who has been asked to photograph or who is working with the group sponsoring the 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 event or the project, they will have their guidelines or they should have their guidelines for photographing. But most photographers also want to photograph using their own style and those photos will not be submitted back to the the sponsor of the project. So this allows the photographer to work sort of in two modes. You're shooting the project as required but you're also looking at things with your unique eye. Also, it's fair to say that sometimes if someone asks you to do something, it's because they like your style and it's okay for you to shoot in your style. But that mostly happens if it's one photographer who's been asked and it's not a collaborative effort between a number of photographers or other creatives such as a videographer. So I hope in this episode, you've managed to learn a thing or two about collaboration with other photographers or with other creatives. A lot goes on behind the scenes with a collaborative effort. So always remember these three things, communication, planning, and organization are necessary. Whether you're photographing a client or a model in a studio, or a 9,000 square feet mural project. Communication, planning, and organization. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clued Up with me, your host, Maria B. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and review on your preferred podcast listening platform. I really appreciate your support. When you rate, subscribe, and review, you're also helping other listeners find and enjoy this podcast. Until next time.